handle the truth. Jim Price of Jim Price Show Daily Update. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It is a Wednesday. It's I'm, I screwed that whole thing. Let me try again. Uh-huh. I'm Jim Price of Jim Price Show Daily Update. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It is October 11th. It's a Wednesday, 2023. Well, there we go. That sounds a lot better. I don't know. I sounded like somebody we may already know as uh, the potato in chief, and he is already the guy who has a six-minute statement to make about something that is going to affect us all. And we know that a lot of this is a just a bunch of BS. So we have to understand where the shiny objects are, not to get caught up in those things. And uh, this is what we have to do. This is what we have to deal with, and we understand those things to be the problem. So anyway, uh, understand what we're doing. Just please, just get that through your mind that there's a lot more going on out there. I went on my radio show today. I said, well, hey, where's Anthony Weiner's laptops? Where's Ghislaine's uh, victims list? Where's the victims list that uh, J.P. Morgan Chase is paying out? Uh, where's the bomber from the 2018 election who was sending out pipe bombs and Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton and George Soros? Uh, where's the Nashville bomber? Where's that whole direct energy weapon moment? Where's the Nashville shooter? Where's, what about Sandy Hook? What about all the other red flags we had with all the Walmart shootings and stuff last year? Again, we have all these things that are going on right in front of us. What about East Palestine? What about uh, Maui and the fact that uh, the co-founder of Oracle, the largest data collection or agency on Earth, larger than the federal government, uh, he owns the entire island, well, 90% of it, right across from the Maui beach that burned down just a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. So, by, guys, be mindful of everything that's going on that's around you. You guys are saying, oh, look at this horrible war that's going on. But we're still financing Ukraine at, uh, what, $2.5 billion a day. We are still doing all these other things. And now, suddenly, we have all this extra money to run over to uh, run over to uh, Israel and help them out. But, again, we sold them F-16s. Supposedly, they're the intelligence apparatus of the world. They're supposedly these really great guys at doing what they do. But then how is it that we see that these things aren't being factually accurate now? So are they the victims or are they victimizers? And remember, we've already put out the statement that the American munitions that are being used on Israel right now are not because Americans are shooting at Israel. It's because Russia captured our American armaments that were in Ukraine, and then they sold them to Hamas, which is the Democratic Party of Palestine. You guys understand how this all works? This is all about uh, different uh, groups or organizations doing things. It has nothing to do with the actual fact that this is a government doing it. This is a political group. This is somebody who got ele- the people got elected and donated some money and put together a website and called themselves Hamas. That is literally what it is, guys. If we want to rush past that and get all emotionally based on what religions we're going to stand behind or who we're going to blame for this, please understand that that whole Middle Eastern area, that whole area around uh, the Mediterranean has absolutely been at war for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They do not need our permission to be mad at each other. In fact, it's kind of what they do. They wake up and just see who they could piss on most of the time. And not that they're ain't good people, okay? We always got to do the disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a political expert. But at the same time, there's some observations I can make where it makes it kind of look like there's some bad people over there doing bad things. And most of the time, it's just us, yeah, the U.S. That's what's going over there. 
and messing around. See, this is the part we have to get real honest with ourselves. We understand there will be victims, just like in 9-11. 9-11, they went out there, victimized thousands of people, uh, encapsulated an entire country to get behind the fact that we're going to go to the Middle East and kiss, kick some butt. And all we did was change the opioid epidemic from a 10% coming from the Middle East to now 90% of all the heroin made on Earth comes from the Middle East. That's happened just because we went in there. Not because we set up farming, but because we set up the right people to do the right kind of uh, infrastructure in there. But also, way, also by the way, there is uh, China, who is the number one producer, or not sorry, producer, number one consumer of heroin on Earth. So again, guys, think about who we're supporting and who we're protecting and what we're protecting and what we're supporting because none of it really lines up with the fact that it is about America's interest or your safety. Because if the government here is here for your safety, then your water would be crystal clear. It would be perfect as the driven snow. It would be godlike because we would make sure that, that for your safety, there would be nothing in that water. But this is what we do over and over again. All right, well, uh, as my guest just did walk away, I'm going to make sure and do that to him. No, I'm just screwing with you, buddy. Uh, we do have a special guest in here. Um, uh, Mike, well, you can't, you can't play with my emotions now, buddy. I think he's trying to get his lights right. You got that? No, you go. Is it better? Do you like that? I liked it better. That's what we're going with. Okay. What do you think? That'll work. That'll be fine. Not a problem there. So let me get myself tuned in here so everybody can see me as well. And there we go. Now we're sitting next to each other. All right. Well, Mike, uh, tell us how we can find you and uh, what it is that we're here, I guess, talking about. There's uh, some stuff coming up here in about a week or so, right? Yeah, I'm going to be with you, Jim. You're going to be a guest at my upcoming event, The Great Northwest Awakening. It's going to be Saturday, October 21st, full-day event plus full concert, and it's a massive day of unity amongst we the people, an opportunity for people to come together, and we'll have tons of real actionable solutions for each of us to do our part to go out and maintain our constitutional republic. So yeah. um, it's at the Clark County Event Center in Ridgefield, Washington. Uh, doors are going to open at 9 a.m., and uh, we're expecting to have about 1,500 people there. So I've hosted 10 different events now over the last two years. This, is, this will be the 10th event. And we've had anywhere from 200 to 700 people, and, and we're going a little bigger for this event. And we've got certainly a great speaker lineup that will be there, and I'm glad you're joining me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, what's the .com for that? You can find us at PatriotsUnitedWA.com. It's the best place to go and get tickets right at our website. Um, best place to go, PatriotsUnitedWA.com. Very good. Um, so Mike, we talked a little bit on the phone and we, and, uh, you know, we actually have a, a mutual acquaintance that, uh, she was participating at the Oregon event that I was speaking at a week before last. And, uh, she was real passionate about the event and all those kind of things. And, you know, I, and I just inadvertently said, well, I, you know, uh, let me know and I'll come running. And she all of a sudden is like, well, yeah. Uh, you know, and so there was, uh, there was a spot for me to fill. So we did that. Um, she's, she was a really great patriot and as well as she was a very concerned wife and mother of the things that were going on in the world around us. So it was good to see her as well. Uh, what got you started in all this? Now you're not a, uh, patriot person by, tra by trade, are you? What, what, what got you going in this direction? And just to speak to Kristen, who, who you're mentioning, she, she's a really important part of my Patriots United leadership team. Mm -hmm. uh, she's got a TV show with Ram TV, Red American Media, and her, her husband is, uh, on the law enforcement team there in Portland. And he's seen all this garbage firsthand. So she's got a great story and has really shifted her focus from more of a business corporate focus to now she's homeschooling her kids. Good. She knows that she needs to put her family first. So uh, Kristen's done a great job. Yeah, personally, 
I, I can't stand politics and it's, it's something that um, I think it's so gross how it's become so self-centered yeah. uh, over the last 15, 20 years when our constitutional Republic was formed to serve we, the people, whenever we hear anybody in politics speaking, 95% of what they say should be about how they are going to serve we, the people. Yeah. And there is such a dysfunction and disconnect between how, our structure of government was formed and how it's being executed and lived out today. So I personally can't stand politics. Yeah. Um, and I invite anybody to my events who's uh, they, they consider themselves Democrat or Republican or independent. I want somebody to to come to our events and be intellectually curious and ask objective questions. Use the brain that God gave you. If something doesn't make sense, ask questions about it. That First Amendment is it's really important. It, freedom of faith, freedom of speech, it, it holds our constitutional republic together. So if you get together with someone and they're a United States citizen and they're like, well, oh, I don't want to talk about politics or I don't want to talk about religion. Well, great. Um, it's really important here in our United States. And our founders were actually very liberal for their time. And they risked it all to come here and have the freedoms and liberties that we have today. So there should be a sense of gratitude for that sacrifice because all of our families um, we, we have a hero in our family line, a patriot, right. and uh, we should we should have an appreciation for the sacrifices that have been made before each of us were born. Yeah. Well, I mean, and think about that. That's a it seems like something that would be so basic. But we see these people that are actually racing out uh, ahead of us in a way to really make sure and create discord and create that fight between us. So sad that we've actually been able to be affected by what's between our legs, what color our skin is and what we do in our bedroom. We fight about these things constantly because those are the political little uh, ping pong balls we can bounce around, and we don't have to. We don't have to fight with each other over this stupid stuff, and we don't have to be in their economy or even part of their system, but we see ourselves running back to it. Um, when you started out this event, what, did, what was your calling the very first time you thought you were going to do an event? What was it? Did you just fall backwards into it, or was there a real plan there for you? It was, it was 22 months ago. Uh, there was... A number of locals, we, we saw the great overreach of government going on with uh, with COVID and different things like that, and small, medium-sized business owners getting a bunch of pressure and people's medical freedom. A sense of kicked around and kicked around, and people were starting up little groups, but they didn't have one place to go and truly make a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was 22 months ago. I, I did not want to do this with Patriots United, but have an obedience to Jesus' Holy Spirit, formed Patriots United. And we've become the fastest growing conservative movement in Washington state. And we've had three main focuses, uh, our, our elections, election integrity and transparency, our public schools, which have turned into government schools and, and medical freedoms. It's, it's ridiculous that for 247 years, our bodies have been completely off limits here in our United States. And now for somebody to think that they can dictate or mandate to anybody to tell someone what to put on or inside their bodies without a family getting together and making that decision, absolutely insane. So um, we, we, we've, we, we simply have our educational events and um, present uh, the opportunity for someone to be able to decide what they think makes the most sense for them. And we have uh, subject matter experts that are speaking on these topics. We've got local experts um that are that are going out and helping make a difference as well but more than anything the greatest compliment to prayer is action so i'm really worn out with the cop out of i'm just gonna pray for you uh we'll, we'll, we'll pray for you I, I think that's i think it's so awful to just tell somebody that because if someone uh is not going to listen and then respond after they pray then 
Um, don't, don't pray in the first place. When we pray, we should also listen and then be obedient to respond. So really important to, to make sure that prayer is complemented with action. And um, we, we, we've been able to make a difference here at a local level. Well, now that's great. I mean, that's where so many times people don't really get involved in the fight. Like you said, they're like, well, hey, I'll pray for you. It's like, well, what was that? I, I mean, we, there's, there's too many times where you could just stand with somebody or be with somebody. And the sad part of it is if, like, if someone said, hey, I've got cancer or, hey, I've got diabetes, I'm losing a leg or, hey, I've got heart failure. People tend to want to rally around that and tend to want to be empathetic or sympathetic. But at the same time, we're sitting here trying to save the country just so we can have a, a peaceful place to live. Uh, they're like, oh, I'll pray for you. It's like you're involved in this, too. Whether I, If I succeed or fail, it, 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 it's going to affect you. So why not get in the fight and get involved? And too much of this apathy is really, uh, it's actually been very well programmed in us where we're not actually the people we should be uh, and as effectual as we should be. Uh, now, you said you've had other events 22 months ago. Are you, uh, what are the other events and do you have any more for the future? Yeah, so I've hosted nine events. This will be my 10th event coming up Saturday, October 21st. So at our nine events, we've we've had anywhere from 200 to 700 people and um, we'll be at a, a larger venue this time. And I, I took on, I, I personally fund Patriots United. So, um, take on the financial risk to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, locally we've got a number of people that thousands of people today are awake without being woke, uh, in the last two years right. that otherwise wouldn't have been. So, um, this, I, I don't have an event on the schedule coming up after this one, but Saturday, October 21st, it's, it's going to be a massive day of unity amongst we, the people uh, packed with real actionable solutions and always, uh, always laying a foundational level to, to help people understand our government, how our government was truly formed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important for people to understand that democracy is great. That democracy is government for the people. However, the structure of our government is a constitutional Republic. Right. And we know this because all 50 of our states abide by a constitution and we, the people are the supreme authority. Right. So it's, it's not just a nice idea. There's responsibility that goes along with that. Yeah. So uh, nobody else is going to help us make these changes. We at a local level actually have to do our part to go out and make a difference to do this. And so um, being able to provide these real actionable solutions has made a difference over the last two years to give people hope. And um, my favorite thing to hear after an event is for someone to come up and, and share and it's happened many, many times, over 100 times in the last two years. People will share, you know, I thought I was going to have to move yeah. before I came to your event. I'm so, I, I see that we can actually make these changes together. And we have way more that unites us and divides us. There's so many people that make a lot of money off this stupid, unnecessary division. Mm -hmm. Black people are not the problem. White people are not the problem. Hispanic people are not the problem. Mm -hmm. Jews are not the problem. Muslims are not the problem problem. Christians are not the problem. The problem is very much rooted in our establishment. It's so awful what we see happening amongst amongst establishment politicians. And these are men and women who are interested in personal power for themselves instead of serving, which is exactly what they signed up to do as a public servant. So when you hear so, it's completely fair for we the people to expect every single one of them to have their heart completely positioned in a place of serving. That's their role. That's what they signed up to do. And so when they look to create all this unnecessary division, it's a way for them to maintain power. Our government was never set up for somebody to stay in a political position for 
year after year after year. It's 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 ridiculous what we see today playing out in real time in our United States. And we the people, uh, it's it, we're also accountable. And um, the the issue I really wanted to solve that, that Jesus put on my heart to to provide an answer for is solving this issue of disengagement. Right. And the the reality that we all live with here in Clark County in Washington State. Uh, or, or Cowlitz County, or Multnomah County, uh, across the bridge in Portland, the reality we all live with here in our United States is that life here, even on our very worst day, it's still pretty darn good. Yeah. And for that reason, we disengage from all these decisions that are being made at a very local level that highly affect us. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen over the last three years in particular is the consequences of our disengagement really rearing its head. So... Um, it, it's on us as the people to do our part, maintain our constitutional republic. Democracy is great. Uh, it's government for the people. And it's fair that we, the people, expect democracy to happen within our constitutional republic. But if the structure of our government was a democracy, then every single day, each one of us citizens would go to every single meeting over every single topic. And we would be voting on each one of these issues. Right. That doesn't happen. And that is how a real democracy is structured. So we're electing these representatives who are supposed to be accurately representing our majority voice, and and they're not doing that. Yeah. Well, and too so, too sad that this is happening. I actually had a really great meeting down in Sumner County last Thursday night, Sumner County GOP, and the half the crowd was running for office. I mean, they were. This was the group that they you know regularly shows up. And I recognize a lot of the players uh, in that group. I've spoke to them over the years. And uh, the whole, like I said, half the crowd, they were precinct heads, running for school board, city council, all these different things. And after I talked to them, it was kind of funny that, yeah, they were motivated to do these things. But then after I told them about the Constitutional Republic, when I told them about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and where they get their, their power from their, you know, big G God, right? Not the small G government. You know, the government was, is not, is it was limited by the Constitution, but never limits the people. And when you tell them these things, you start talking about this, that your big G God gives you unneedable rights that can never be given or taken away. Uh, they had an immediate sign-up for the Constitution class that they couldn't find but two or three people to sign up for. Suddenly, the class was full after that event. Because that's, you know, it's, sometimes it's about getting the presentation right, because sometimes it's about getting them motivated. But when people start understanding that, you know, they have power well, who doesn't want power, right? Who doesn't want to have a little bit of moxie, right? And it's like, well, your public servant is out there spending $2.5 billion a day on Ukraine, and yet we still don't have roads that last more than three years because we're using asphalt, not concrete. We have an airport system that looks like a prison system that doesn't allow for freedom to move freely across our country. We've got all these people going out and giving away free battery cars and buses and whatever, battery factories and all this stuff, but yet we don't have the infrastructure to support those things. So why aren't we spending $2.5 billion a day paving the streets of, of America? We're not. We're, we're over there with money laundering for a few pennants. Think about this. They're getting a 10% return on our investment. That's that's not much of an investment return for us because we're losing 100% of that money, but these politicians are getting that 10% return. We are being played for fools so but when um, you take a 10%, the 10% return they receive on the massive multiple that they're playing with, oh, yeah. they line those pockets and they insulate themselves beautifully. That's yeah. a lot of money. Well, if you if we go back all the way to who really masterminded the whole con of things, the confidence man effect, was the Clintons. They were doing $100 billion in profit 
money laundering through the bond system in Arkansas back in the 80s. This is well-documented, well-versed. Well it was in the news. Everybody wrote about it. But have you heard about one case of that coming up? Anything? No, not at all. $100 billion in profit they were laundering through the Arkansas bond office, the state office. Uh, they were using that office to issue fake bonds. They were going to be issued but were never funded. But it looked like the, it was funded, and they then put the money out into the, to the different people they had to pay off. It was a a heck of a racket, and they started that in the 80s, so the Clintons have only perfected it over the last 40, 50 years. They've been amazing at doing it. They just got uh, $80 billion from the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, which is the Federal Reserve, which is America. Uh, We just gave the Clinton Foundation $80 billion to go build Ukraine. So how did they do in Haiti? They built six houses. I don't think we're going to get much of a return on our investment there as well. So this is, again... Well, but here's the thing. We have to blame ourselves, though, Mike, right? We got to do that because we hold ourselves accountable first. We have to Mm -hmm. because life here has been very good in our United States. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, we stop paying attention to all these issues that are happening at a very local level. All the decisions that are being made that highly affect each of us. I'm guilty of it. I And quite frankly, I'd rather elect someone, take the time to elect someone who's going to go out and accurately represent our majority view so I can focus on the people that I love and care about. My wife and I have three beautiful babies. I've got a seven-year-old daughter, a four-year-old daughter, an eight-month-old son. Mm -hmm. I have a business where I work with 140 small and medium-sized business owners after I I took a chance in business nine years ago, created a job for myself, work with 140 small and medium-sized business owners starting a marketing concept. I don't have the time to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm making the time to do this. And my wife has been very understanding uh, with the last two years and the planning of this event in particular over the last five months. I've put in about 850 hours of planning, and I'm very grateful that my wife has been understanding of that. But this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous yeah. that we all basically have to have an additional part-time job now because somebody can't simply do what they said they're going to do when they said they're going to do it. It's 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 uh, it's beyond saddening. And power is very tasty. Mm-hmm. Power is, you know, every every single one of us, we have someone in our family and money can give somebody a false sense of power. So um, when you go and, and we elect somebody in a position who is going to accurately serve um, we the people. What a beautiful thing. We're happy to reelect them if they just simply do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it. Right. But what happens oftentimes is. They get involved in that establishment swamp and they get eaten alive because they will sell their integrity. And if we took a lot of these politicians and we stuck them out in the private sector and we said, you start from zero, you start from zero. There's no way they would be able to live a life like that. They would. There's no way they could work their tail off, become one of the best amongst them, their industry and be able to provide for their families the way that they are today off the backs of the American people. And it's unbelievable that we now just sit back, watch this passively. And I tell you, there's so many churches that don't share a true message about Jesus's character. Jesus always has been and always will be very threatening to anyone who's interested in personal power for themselves. We've seen this from the very beginning of his life. So, yeah, a lot, lot to talk about there, that's for sure. Yeah, well, and think about that. I mean, we, we have to hold them accountable. I mean, we were – I made the analogy that it, you wouldn't go and t- hire some guy to put an addition on the back of your house and give him $100,000 and come back four years later to see if you're going to give him more money to finish it. You just don't do that. You, you hold your contractor accountable. I've been a contractor. I, have, I got my general contractor's license in 99. 
Um, you know, I've done a lot of projects and people, some people have ended up not happy. Some people were completely thrilled, but the problem is, is that they held me accountable the whole way, right? They wanted to make sure the carpet was this way or the paint was this way, or the cabinet had this door swing or whatever it was. They were very detailed in that. And they will do that over, you know, something as simple as where the toilet paper dispenser is in the bathroom. Well, I don't want it there, but yet we have trillions of dollars pouring out of our government uh, and we're not even paying attention. If you go to usdebtclock.org, we're $193 trillion in debt with, of, of uh, future liabilities. That's just stuff that's on the books. Just the due date hasn't come yet. It's like, how do we, how do we run a business that's $193 trillion in debt? And yet we've only bringing in somewhere about $2.2 trillion and personal income to the government each year. That's all we bring in as individuals. And uh, the fact that they're even taking that off of our backs, will shame on them. We ran the country forever on excise tax, meaning the tax, the import tax, yet we can't get back to that model because we're such a, such a greedy pig. Um, and we're, but we've got to stand a sentinel. We've got to be the people that holds these people accountable. But also choose not to pay attention to history. We don't learn lessons from history. And it's always different when we put in the work ourselves to earn that dollar. And when you're working with that resident and they've, 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 you've got together, you've negotiated an agreement, and now you're going to be their contractor for their remodel. Maybe it's a remodel of their kitchen. Maybe you're building a house from scratch. Right. But it's always different when we've put in the work ourselves to earn that money. And we, the people, forget. I mean, only... there. 10, 10% of us pay 90% of the taxes in our United States. That's a, that, that's a severe imbalance. That's a severe imbalance. And uh, it, it's, it's one where obviously we've built a lot of economies off our current tax system. Right. But if we, if we made a flat tax for everybody, that would be a considerably more fair system. And it would take, a, it would create a lot of change and it would, It'd be very hard to make that happen because people would lose a lot of jobs because there's been a lot of jobs and a lot of industry created off our current tax structure. But that would be a much more fair system if we want to pay our fair share. Yeah. And it's different when you've got the skin in the game and you've got your own money on the line and understanding it's it's our money that's being used against us in a lot of situations. So if somebody wants to take 70% of my property taxes and now put it into this agenda, this curriculum that's going on in these public schools, the people understand that you strongly disagree with that and now your voice is not being heard your money is being used they're making decisions for your family your kids and they're going to tell you how your money's spent that is insane yeah and somebody needs to have it clearly laid out for them to be able to go and actually understand well you have a voice in this you can make a change we can help prepare you to get to that next school board meeting and speak to these school board members because they're they, they will listen and and there's a lot of local representatives that also need to understand that when they when they actually accurately represent our majority voice we the people are there now we're not gonna now we're not gonna praise them for doing what they're supposed to do we're not gonna praise them but that's a great thing. Well, we'll say, hey, good job. You did what you're supposed to do. And they'll know that we, the people, have their back. It right. changes the way people make decisions when all they hear is some whiny, crazy, radical, liberal, leftist, extremist voice. And and even with those, those ungrateful extremists, um, they still have someone in their family line that was a hero, that was a patriot, that made right. that life-changing, life-threatening decision to come here to our United States and it's a fair question to ask them, why did your family choose to do that? Why did your family choose to flee and, and leave where, wherever they were previously? Right. Because when our families make the decision to immigrate somewhere, they're making that decision uh, without much more than the shirt on their back. 
Right. And they're, they're choosing to say, this situation is a dire situation. I will risk it all and get to that United States however I can. Right. It's a for, for two big reasons. One, this constitutional republic, a government set up to serve we the people, crazy idea. The other component is this is a land of opportunity. It's not a land of entitlement. It's not a land of guarantees. It's a land of opportunity. And like we touched on earlier, our Declaration of Independence is very clear. These rights that we have, as United States citizens, they're given to us by God and God alone. No man, no woman. Yeah. Very important to understand that here in our United States, nobody has to wake up in the morning and thank the government for these rights. Yeah. These rights are God-given, just like we were talking about earlier. My mother and father-in-law, they grew up in communist Romania under Nikolai Shashevsky's rule. Um, many of the business owners that I work with here locally, they grew up in places like China, Venezuela, Cuba, Russia, Romania, Ukraine, you name it. They all use the same word to describe what's going on in culture and in our public schools, and they call it brainwashing. Right. So a question, this is a pattern that's really caught my attention over the last 10 years. How is it that all these people grew up in very different parts of the world, but they see what's happening in our United States through the very same lens right now? Yeah. It's because they've seen it before, they're familiar with it, and they know exactly what it leads to. We have a very deep ignorance in our United States as to what communism and socialism looks like and how crushing this is to the human spirit. We need to learn from the past. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about those things. Everything you're saying is just setting people free. And that's a sad part of this is that I, I don't know. Uh, I, I said when I ran for when I ran, the how I even got into this whole thing is I did run for office. And so I've been swatted twice. They taught me a lesson. Boy, don't you dare run for office. We'll we'll destroy your life. Um, but, you know, for me, knowing that I just want you to have freedoms and liberties. When I told people that there should be nothing more than the Constitution and Declaration of Independence to remind us what our what our boundaries are in this country and we should not have laws. They, it's it's unfathomable. Well, what do you mean we can, we don't have laws? What, what what would we do? That it would be chaos on the street. And the sad part of it is, is that 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 it shows that we don't even have the ability to manage ourselves. That we have defaulted our freedoms and liberties and our ability to do what's right or wrong to somebody else. The only reason I do anything right is because I'm afraid someone will catch me doing it wrong. See, that's that doesn't make sense. That does that's not a good country. That just makes it to where I'm gonna do just enough to stay under the radar so I don't get caught or it's not illegal. And it becomes this this adversarial thing. If we all have freedom, we all have liberty, and we all have our own self to fall back on, and that's all we have. We don't have a government telling us what we can and cannot do. And if you get screwed out of money because you're a bad business person, why does the government have to come in and save you? If you're not smart enough to give, you know, a roofer the entire amount of money up front. If you're not smart enough to not to, you know, I, I dealt with contracting, right? You get you get portions of the money. You go you get you get paid as you go along. But people turn over, you know, twenty grand to a roofer, and they're like, oh, I got taken. I need to. Well, you got taken because you gave him twenty grand. That's that's on you. Like, why would? Oh, they took advantage of me. I'm old. Are you really? See, this is the stuff where this personal responsibility, whether you screw up or not, why does the government need to fix it for you? That's the part where I don't understand, where Uncle Sam has to do it for you. The courts have to do it for you. We have all this. Hey, if you, I, I've take, been taken advantage of. I don't know how many tape measures I've bought in my life, how many hammers and saws and blades and all the stuff that I've lost. <clears throat> lost. I mean, they weren't lost. There's not a lost and found construction tool place where you go pick up your stuff. They were stolen. They were taken. Again, 
I, I start right. You got to start writing your name on stuff. You got you got to be more diligent. But the thing is, is these things happen. But yet we have to go out there and get our pound of flesh. We can't even make the victims of Epstein's Island whole. I mean, J.P. Morgan Chase is paying out hundreds of millions of dollars to different uh, victims of this, but we still don't know who the Johns were. Well, how do how do we know who the victims were if we don't know who the Johns were? See, this is a real problem for me that we, we, you know, it's like, so which way is it? Are we taking care of the kids or we're not taking care of the kids? Are we taking care? But you want big government or you don't want big government? You want legislation or you don't want legislation? And I think people don't realize that, you know, you've, you've got a God. They take their money out of your paycheck before you even get to touch it. So that's your first God is your government that tells you how to live your life. And, and you, I mean, freedom, how do we do it for thousands of years without government? I don't get it. Very early. Our very early citizens were coming to George Washington. You know, anybody who knows history knows that so many early citizens were coming to George Washington asking him to be king. And he wisely said, no, can't do that. We know what happens when power is consolidated. I'll be president. I'll be president, which was much more of an administrative role mm-hmm. 247 years ago. Right. It was an administrative role. And he would go home uh, for for most of the year and tend to his crops and take care of his farm, but, but preside over the administrative role of our United States to make decisions with Congress. And today, um, obviously power is very tasty and the structure of our government has changed a lot, but this is, we have a, all early foreigners and settlers and citizens and, and visitors would also attest to what you spoke to earlier. We were this, this nation is for a virtuous people. A virtuous people. If somebody if somebody's living life of virtue, they have a standard of morality. So we, we we can do the right thing when nobody's looking. Yeah. And we can treat our neighbor the way that we'd like to be treated. We can have their back. We can look out for for our, our fellow American citizens because we've got way more in common. We've got way more that unites us and divides us. But they're the appreciation for the sacrifice that has gone into creating the United States that we once had. It's it's still. And I say once had, but I want people to know that obviously it is worth fighting for. It's still worth fighting for. And it's it's not out of our grasps. We can do our part. We can do our part to maintain this constitutional republic. It's really hard. It's really important for people to also understand that. So yeah. um, but to be able to see where our United States has come from, it's so ungrateful because people don't share stories within their family lines. If somebody's been here uh, three generations, there's no way that family is telling the stories about the sacrifices were made within their family lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother and father-in-law, I, I, my father-in-law shared stories with me. He never shared with his girls. He never shared with, with my wife as they were growing up. Cause I asked him so many questions. He has an amazing story. And the parting words from the communist party to my father-in-law were the hand of the revolution can reach you no matter where you are. And there were two attempts on his life and his brother's life. And it was worth it. It was worth it for him to risk it all to figure out a way to get to this United States. And they grew up in a place that that was their normal. Communism was their normal. Mm -hmm. And they knew that that's not how you treat people. Right. Inherently, we all have a moderate level of discernment. We're all born with it. We know when we're being lied to. We know how people should be treated in our United States we live in the most generous, thoughtful, loving nation this world has ever known. And if anybody needs a reminder of that, talk to a first-generation immigrant. Yeah. Well, think about that. We have to go that far to say that, right? We have to go through all those things, say, oh, yeah, talk to an immigrant. Well, 
here's the thing. We have so many opportunities right in front of us to be able to say, oh, we're not going to be like that. We're going to do it differently. Uh, sorry, I forgot to bring myself over here. Uh, we, we, should be, we shouldn't have to go to an immigrant. We should be able to see it around us. We're being infiltrated on our southern border. Um, we're having, you know, I talked to Tom Holmes. Who, he was uh, in D.C. at CPAC this year. I was at a meet and greet with him after uh, one of the evenings, and I just went up to him and said, hey, Tom, I have one quick question for you. You know, these, uh, these, these fires, these train derailments, all these other things, uh, this is, these are sleeper cells in our country. He goes, Absolutely. Absolutely they are. That's exactly what they are. These are not done by accident. These are done per, to, to weaken our country. And, he, you know, he was the ex-Border Patrol, uh, uh, was a vice commander or what it was, or vice, I don't know, lieutenant commander. Um, but he knows this stuff, you know, firsthand. He knows what the intel is coming off of the border. He knows what's going on. And so they're estimating 7 million people have come into our country just in that alone. Well, think about a 7 million man army walking around America. And you'd think, well, that's okay. Well, you know, no, it's not okay. If you saw people with a big red flag on their shoulder, on their patch, on their lapel, or whatever, or a UN blue helmet, wouldn't you want to know why they're here in our country? Wouldn't you want to know why someone's in your backyard? But this is where we just we got this all wrong. We actually we we got these you know we got people here now, and we're not even concerned that we've lost our republic. We're losing our country. We're losing our security. And we're not holding these people. I mean, what, what we used to tar and feather politicians. What happened to that? Running them out on a rail. These were all things. These weren't expressions like, hey, oh, we're going to tar and feather you. Ha, ha, ha. No, it's like, we're going to tar and feather your ass. You're going to have tar on you and feathers, and you get to figure out how to get it off of you. That was a real thing because why? We taught people a lesson that you don't screw over the people. You do the will of the people. And I don't understand why we don't have that model. Hey man, yeah, there used to be consequences for bad behavior. There, there was, there, there was consequences for bad behavior. Congress used to get down. If there was a serious disagreement and it got personal, they'd go down and they'd duke it out. They'd fight right there. Yeah. They'd have it out with each other and say, okay, well, he just, he just whooped them. We're going to, we're going to do it this way. And now you learned your lesson, but you guys, if somebody wants to make it personal today, there's just, there's no consequences for bad behavior. Every single one of our families sacrifice to come here to our United States and to think that now there's there are millions of people who are walking around that are not accountable. We are all accountable to each other and are in agreement of this constitutional republic that as a United States citizen, we are in inherent agreement with. We are going to abide by the rules and laws of this land. And if you're an illegal immigrant, you've never agreed to that. Yeah. You're just flying around unaccountable and you can do whatever you'd like to do without consequence and they're being used they're being used to obviously go and you can manipulate a lot of elections with illegal ballots that's for sure well think about it this way if it's stealing so if you know someone is stealing your inheritance by getting excuse me by getting uh, benefits by getting retirement by getting housing by getting cell phones by getting transportation they're getting benefits that don't belong to them, and they don't belong to this country. I mean, this is a pretty easy thing. I mean, if we had a private club, we're not just going to let anybody start walking in, right? Well, why isn't why isn't that our country isn't so great that we actually do get to pick and choose the best to come to America? Why wouldn't we want that? We only want the best. We only want the brightest. We only want those innovators coming to our country. Why is that? We, we that's a, oh no, we got to make sure. I get the poor and the the need, you know, the poor masses that on the Statue of Liberty, but it makes me wonder. 
if we don't actually know the whole saying behind what it really means on the Statue of Liberty, that it has nothing to do with the fact that we just take in the dummies of every country just because they want to come here. It's that they have to go through in a process to be able to approve to get here. We did that for centuries. Why can't we continue to do it now? God's really clear in Second Thessalonians 10. If someone doesn't work, they don't eat. You don't work, you don't eat. Here in the United States, one of the things that makes us so exceptional is our work ethic and our discipline. If somebody wants to come here and work their tail off for this, this land of opportunity, because we're not owned by the government here. Mm -hmm. We don't have to wake up in the morning and thank the government for these rights. Our Declaration of Independence, very clear. That's a beautiful opportunity for anyone to come here. All of our families came here legally. Their families, they need to do it the same way. Yeah. And, and now today... Um, that's obviously an opportunity for someone to go and stay in power to allow the borders to flood in and create the narratives they, that they want to create and then use those ballots uh, to go and yeah. create create whatever they want right I mean that's yeah. uh, that's I mean that the stuff we railed against we talked about you know no stuff in ballots didn't we go over to Iraq or Afghanistan and make them dip their fingers in blue paint and all that stuff um, yet we can't have that same process here in America. Would you believe they, they show an ID in Afghanistan? Isn't that crazy? What a novel idea to show an ID when casting your ballot. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, and there's no mail-in ballots. They don't do this whole, oh, we're so disabled, we can't get there. Here's the thing, guys. I, I'm I'm kind of a purist in this. If you can't get your crippled butt, your able-bodied butt, your fast butt, your slow butt, your fat butt, your skinny butt to the polling station... You don't get a vote. Do you have to put forth the effort? If you want me to say that I've got to send a van to come get you and give you the whole day off and make a holiday out of it and all this other shit just so you can participate, I mean, why don't I just come to your door and ask you to fill out the thing and we'll just do that all day long and come to everybody's door and that way you never even have to leave your own home. That's what they, I mean, that, are we that lazy? Are we inherently that lazy that we can't bother to put forth the effort to stand in a line for 20 or 30 minutes to vote for our freedoms? Our country isn't worth that. You'll sit in a drive-thru waiting for your damn cheeseburger and your, your chocolate shake for a half an hour. You'll wait past the window. You'll sit there and wait like a good little boy or girl waiting for your fresh french fries, and you don't care how long that takes. But, boy, voting for your freedom. Oh, I got a mail-in ballot. I got a, oh, it's got to be a federal holiday. No. No. I have, I'm 52. I've been voting since I was 18. The first year I was able to vote was in, in 1989, and I did. And we had a year uh, off your vote that year. I voted because I thought it was worth participating. And that meant I took the time to go do it. Whether it was lunch hour or whatever it was, I made it happen. And don't give me the excuse, oh, well, I would have voted if I would have just had the chance. If you wanted it, chance, you would have gotten it done. If it's cheeseburgers or french fries or chocolate shake, you'd have waited around and made sure you got yours. So don't give me that. Amen. If something's a priority to anybody, they'll, they'll take the time, they'll spend the money to make it happen. Uh, I, I, there's two reasons I would say that makes sense for someone to have a mail-in ballot. One, if someone is serving outside our United States to defend our United States, if they're in the military okay. and they're overseas, that's, that, that is reasonable, completely reasonable. Right. And I like, I like, I like what you shared too, in regards to someone, I, I, if someone's disabled, I would say if they're, tr if they're truly disabled, Obviously, there might be some people that lie about this, but if someone's truly disabled, that could be a situation that makes sense for them to have a mail-in ballot. Um, obviously, there are real solutions. If they go to a doctor's appointment, I mean, these people, if you're bedridden and you can't leave the doc, you know, your house because you're bedridden, 
you've got other priorities. Maybe the voting isn't the biggest one that day. But most of these people were in wheelchairs, walkers. They got share ride. They got all these different public transportations and things to get them where they got to go. They can get to the doctor. They can get to Walgreens. They can get to Walmart. But they can't go vote. Eh? I agree. I, I agree with that. I think that that's very reasonable to say there's other solutions, even, even to the extent if you were going to send both uh, a Republican and a Democrat certified election observer to somebody's house, that's also another real solution if they can't get a van. The point is we don't need mail-in ballots. Yeah. That's my that, that's the point go. of all of this. That's there is it. no chain of custody with these mail-in ballots. And, and a sad part of our Washington state is that we get propped up as this state that has these mail-in ballots figured out, mm-hmm. and we do not. We haven't had the last time we voted in person, the last county to vote in person in Washington state was Pierce County in 2011. Wow. We have not had a conservative governor in Washington state in 24 years. This is ridiculous. And what we've seen is uh, the manipulation of elections. And it's something that needs every state. So 30 of our 50 states are a part of ERIC, Electronic Registration Information Center. Um, This is is a third-party shell company that George Soros has partial ownership in. And it's really sad. Washington state's a part of this. Oregon's a part of this. And what happens is we don't have control over our voter rolls and registrations. So when you go and by law, every 30 days, our voter rolls and registrations are supposed to be updated when somebody moves into town, moves out, moves, moves into town, moves out of town. Mm -hmm. Those are supposed to be updated every 30 days. Somebody's supposed to live somewhere at least 30 days before they can vote. These are the RCWs, Revised Code of Washington. And our elected officials don't give a damn about honoring that. They really don't. And what happens is... You can go and and somebody who's corrupt, they're going to make the decision to cheat. They're going to do something fraudulent. There's a level of risk that they have to take on. But they know by looking at these voter rolls and registrations who are inactive and who are active voters. And so they can go and they can backfill an election as much as they need to to get the results that they need to get. When you can have a list of your your voters that have moved out of the area for the last 20 years and there's not going to be any account there. Yeah. And the truth about the machines, like using, using a machine is a very simple function that can actually, that could actually help in the counting process, right. but none of these machines need complicated software that is right. updated quarterly. That's insane. The cheat happens in the software. You don't need complicated software for the simple function of confirming account. With, with a machine. Well, here's one thing, and I'll tell your folks up there in Washington when I go up there, but uh, 8 billion unique trackable lottery tickets are issued by your government every single year for 108 drawings. 208 drawings. Sorry, 108 drawings. Right, 108, 108 drawings are done every single year with 8 billion trackable unique lottery tickets and they never screw it up and within seconds of the the last ping pong ball falling yeah they know how to certify that they know the guy's picture they know what credit card he used they know where he lives they already know his background they've already pulled all his junk so here they already know who the winner is in within seconds because there's a camera on every single one of those machines they're all tracking face recognition that whole thing you're buying lottery tickets they're tracking you they can do it eight billion times a year for a hundred and eight different elections but we can't do it every two years with 150 uh, 150 million ballots you sure right i I remember i remember going to bed at night uh just just growing up before i could vote you know before i was 18 you're just uh 10 11 years old my parents would get done voting 
And we'd know who won the local election before we went to bed. Yeah. What a novel idea to be able to, um, if, if we need to shrink precincts, so be it. Shrink the precinct. Well, but this, I thought th- most this, of them were like supposed to only be like the max of 1,200 people anyway. So it's only supposed to be like they are. So it's like, I, I was talking to some precincts heads down in, in Wellington. They said they only had 600 people in their district. I'm like, bet. You can get that done in a night, but we can't get a, an accurate count on these lottery. We could do a lottery, but we can't do this. And here's the other thing. Go into casino. How many thousands of cameras are going on in there? They know whether you've marked a card, folded a card, bent a card. They know what you marked the chips. They know all these different things. And yet we don't know how to track an election accurately with unique barcodes, with the unique QR codes, with a unique whatever. I mean, they take my driver in Kansas here. They take my driver's license and they scan it. They scan my driver's license to pull up my ballot. Okay, well then, why can't I just go scan my driver's license and make sure that my vote was counted? All right. I mean, right now, right now in Washington State, somebody could go to votewad.gov. Right. Uh, if they if they had our first and last name, they could go and cast somebody's vote for them, and then when somebody went to go vote they would be told that they already voted. Hmm. Absolutely insane. To, to be able to, to be in a government position and actually protect our constitutional republic, that is an easy role for anybody who is a re- local representative to say, hey, I can find a solution to this. I can make sure that our elections are more secure. And, and there's no communication back to we the people about the steps that are being able to, to, to be put in place and be taken to say, we're making our elections more secure by doing this there's no communication in that respect yeah so what's it do it makes us frustrated it's ridiculous to see the same games continue to be played without any sort of uh reciprocation to the case that we've presented that's very reasonable and and there has to be accountability there has to be accountability all the way around oh yeah and um we're accountable if if for some reason i missed I missed a month of my taxes. I, I would certainly hear about it. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna be held accountable for it. That's for sure. Right. Well, and think about that. I mean, that's it's a matter of will, right? So, do they have the will to do it right? Do they have the will to be accurate? No, because they benefit from the sloppiness. They benefit from the voter rolls. And the sad thing of it is, is that you know Trump is right in the way that says, "Hey, we need to cheat the way they cheat." You guys want to stuff the ballots? You guys want to have 120 percent turnout in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Then let's do it everywhere. Let's have 120% turnout for everybody. I mean, we've and historically, we know, by the way, I-360, this is something that a lot of people don't know. The program I-360 that both the Republicans and Democrats have access to because they're tethered to all of your rewards cards has everybody's voting pattern. They don't. They say they don't know who you voted for, but they know whether you vote in the primary. They would know whether you vote in the general election, off your election, and even small elections are like bond issues. So, and yeah, I walked around, this was in 2016. I walked around with my cell phone in 2016. I had a program that had everybody, as I'm walking down the street, I could see the house because it's a, like a Google Earth thing. I could see the house and I could see that they're a Republican that votes in every primary. Those are the people that are the faithful voters, right? So you were going to do your door knocking at the ones who vote the most. Knock, knock, knock. Hi, I'm Jim Price, and I'd like to tell you about my Republican uh, run for uh, state Senate and blah, blah, blah. But, oh, that's great to meet you, and I hand him a card, the whole thing. And in 2016, I had a phone app 
that I walked around with, the Republican Party gave me access to, that I could walk around and tell you that you vote all the time or you only vote in uh, presidential election years. So if they know that, and I had that on my phone, how come they can't track the, the elections? How come they can't get the voting right? They don't want to. That same app that you're describing uh, is used here locally for, for canvassing. So we've we've inspired 130 different people to go out and become certified election observers over the last two years. We've, we've inspired 120 different people to pick up at least one canvassing route. And canvassing, just for all listeners, that's when someone is going to a residence's door and you're just confirming how many registered voters live at that address. Yep. So typical conversation, husband and wife, and sometimes you're looking at a list and there's 10 registered voters at this address and you're talking to a husband and wife who's like, nope, we've lived here for, uh, since this house was built, we built the house and both our kids are in college. Yeah. And you're like, well, I need to update this voter roll and registration. And the problem is our voter rolls and registrations are owned by Eric. So you go and you do this work yep. to go and update these voters rolls and registrations and it doesn't get done. So yep. States need to move away from Electronic Registration Information Center. It's a garbage shell company, mm -hmm. and uh, more and more legislation needs to push against that and be able to get back to, to mail-in ballots or get away from mail-in ballots and voting in person. It'll make a massive difference, certainly can make it a holiday, but this is an important part. We can all do more than vote, but voting is an important part that someone would would make more of a priority if they valued the sacrifice that was put in to create the constitutional republic that we have. Yeah. And somebody would understand, we've got serious authorities, we the people, your vote is really valuable. And one of the things that people never should never buy the lie on is this ranked choice voting. Ranked oh, choice voting yeah. is absolutely ranked. That is a system that is created for a parliament, a parliamentary system. Yep. If you've got nine to 12, nine to 12 different um, parties, and it, it would make it would make more sense to, to have uh, in a system like that, but not in a two party system. There is no place for ranked choice voting. And all that would do is devalue the strength of your vote. That's all it would do. And so um, at a local level, we've we're, we're training people up on legal ballot harvesting because yeah. a lot of conservatives won't talk today about the details that you and I just spoke about. And right. their, their fear is that if you tell people the truth, they're not going to they're not going to vote. They're going to be so deterred. They're not going to vote. We take a different approach. We share people. We share with people the truth. And then we're sharing a real actionable solution. So we, we acknowledge that we can't overcome the fraud at a state level. But at a local level, we can absolutely overcome this fraud by going and becoming the best in the country at legal ballot harvesting. Simply simply ballot collection. You're helping someone get their ballot to the ballot box. And every state has different laws around this. In Washington state, it's unbelievably open. You have two things you can't do. One, you can't pay someone to take a ballot to the ballot box. That's ballot trafficking. Right. And that is illegal everywhere. The other, what you can't do in Washington state is you can't fill out a ballot for somebody else. Those are the two things you can't do. Right. In Oregon, there's different laws. If you don't have a certified mail-in drop box, you have to have a specific size font on that on that drop box. You have to notify that this is an unofficial drop box, different things like that. So it's different right. in every state. But to be able to really get churches involved. This is an important part of uh, churches being able to, you don't have to endorse a candidate. You're not endorsing candidates, but you're talking about the topics and the issues mm -hmm. that affect every single one of us. Yeah. And then you put those topics and those issues through a biblical filter. And you say, well, what, what, what 
what does God have to say about the chemical castration of children? Right. What's what, what's God think about? It? Well, we know that God cares a lot about kids. And um, if someone wants to treat little ones bad, it, it'd be better that for them to put a millstone around their neck yeah. and uh, and make their way down the deep. So yeah. um, then you can talk about how each candidate sees those issues. Right. And uh, being able to to get people active in real actionable solutions. Um, that's, that, that's, that's how we will maintain our constitutional republic. Absolutely. Well, Mike, it's been really great having you and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody up there, Dr. Artis and, uh, doc, uh, Dr. Doug and all the others up there that I'm, I'm good friends with it. So thank you so much for having me be a part of that event. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I didn't realize Portland was so expensive as you guys got to figure something else out, man. I, I don't know. It's a little rough going up. I, it was cheaper going to Boise than it was going to Portland. I don't know. I, All right. I, yeah, yeah. So anyway. All right, man. Well, we're going to get uh, we're gonna be up there for you. I'm going to fly in. Friday should be there at about 1.20, be landing. And that's uh, when the planes are all, as far as I know, are coming in. So we'll, we'll be there. Uh, thank you so much, Mike, for everything. One more time. What's that website? Somebody can go and register for tickets at PatriotsUnitedWA.com. Very good. All right, Mike. Well, take care of yourself, and we will talk to you soon, sir. Thanks, thanks, Jim. Look forward to seeing you. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was, Mike, great event that's coming up there. Again, this is where we all have to make a difference about the world that we live in. No more, no more giving up. No more giving in. Guys, this is our problem. We have to face this and be the right people at the right time. Remember the 10% we do for our neighbor, our community, our, our city, our county, our state, our federal government. The more you do for them, the less it to do for you. Learn how to be selfless and not so damn selfish. The world will be a far, far better place. Remember, hold the line, hold fast. Do not give up. Do not give in. We will win. I promise. Don't make promise I can't keep. Guys, you've always been the answer. Remember, the Constitution limits your government, government but never limits you. You've always been the holder of your own freedom and liberty. Do not go to your small g government and ask permission for your next breath. That comes from your creator. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I'm Jim Price, the Jim Price Show Daily Update. You guys all be good to each other out there, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.